The Bread and Butter podcast acknowledges the Yagara people and the Turbal people as the traditional custodians of Mainjin, the lands on which we record today. We pay our respects to the Yagara and Turbal elders, past, present, and emerging. Did I say good? Just to get you into it one more time. Maybe just in case. Okay. Go. Bread and Better podcast. Bread and Better Podcast. I feel like I am. <clears throat> Bread and Better Podcast. Hello, welcome back to Bread and Better. My name is Alex. I'm a freelance feature writer with a focus on feminism, women's health, and pop culture. I'm a podcast producer and I own my own business, Hey Our Productions. And I'm Tegan. I own an online lifestyle coaching business called Fitty Teagues, in which I advise my clients on all things nutrition, movement, habit and mindset in order to educate and empower them to be their best self. I'm also a qualified chef, so I'm very passionate about food and enjoying what we eat. On today's episode, we have an amazing guest. She isn't famous, but in our world, she is very well known for being sunshine in human form and our biggest hype girl. We welcome our beautiful friend, Ash. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) You may have heard us mention her a few times now. She's one of the baristas that I turned into my best friend. Over the last six years, I've seen her smash personal goals and take on motherhood like a pro. Ash was also my first ever paying client at Fitty Teagues, and we have worked together to get some amazing results in a really sustainable and flexible way following both of her pregnancies. We will get more into it over the episode, but her commitment to her own health journey is unmatched. So now that you all know a little bit more about Ash, we will start the episode the way we always do by sharing the best thing we ate in the past week. And Ash, we are going to let you go first. Um, The best thing that I ate this week was a delicious BLT that <laughs> Alex made me because I over, probably overstayed my welcome <laughs> at her house. You did not. <laughs> Never. Um, It was delicious. Multigrain bread. Hadn't had it in ages. And well, it had vegan mayo. I was wondering about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, which is delicious. It's the Heinz one. So yum. Yeah, Tegan's always very sceptical about my vegan. No, that was good and, and I usually have koopy, so. Yeah, it's it nice and creamy, flavor. hey. Mm. Yeah, and it was iceberg lettuce. Alex is always trying to sell me on her. Look. Gluten-free. I probably wouldn't have anything else but a sauce. (laughs) If it was gluten-free, dairy-free cheese, nah. (laughs) No, I put all the normal shit on yours other than the the mayo. Yeah, the mayo was good. Well, the bacon's gluten-free. Most bacon is, but. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of town. Shit put in it. Please keep that woe in there. (laughs) Tegan, what was the best thing you ate this week? Um, So Rhett and I went to Walter's for Mm. a date night on Friday night, so after we recorded the last episode, and absolutely everything we had was amazing. So Walter's Steakhouse in Brizzy. Mm. We had heaps, like we had scallops and pierogies. We had steak and like this salad that had salami and macadamia nuts in it. But the best thing out of all of it was the pecan pie. That's my favourite food. So it was like, so when we were getting our desserts, we asked the waiter what he recommended Mm. and he's like, you have to get the pecan pie. And Rhett was like, no, I'm getting the cheesecake. And I'm like... Your I'm funeral. <laughs> but then he ate half of my pecan pie and his Classic. cheesecake, which I'm sure was 
fantastic. Mm. It just was, it didn't compare at all. Mm. And it was like warm and crispy and they give you like I can't believe you went to the steakhouse and the best thing was the dessert. The steak was great as well, but Mm. this pecan pie was just stand out. No, they give you this bowl of what they, they, I think they called it schlob. Oh. <laughs> Sounds yummy. <laughs> but the guy's like, it's just like cream and it mm. just tasted like cream. Oh, that sounds so fucking good. And I had this, also had this rhubarb margarita. What? Mm. Yeah. This sounds fun. Which must have been pretty um, alcoholic mm. because I had two and I felt a bit lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, what did Cocktails you have? Always- um what did I have I found it a bit tricky this week because I was a bit sick but the best thing I had I made myself and it was a salmon teriyaki bowl oh yum yeah (laughs) with our favorite teriyaki glaze and I cooked the salmon in olivani my my version of butter Mm -hmm. and the sauce it's so good and Mm -hmm. then I just added some bok choy and had it on rice but for oscar and kev i like sprinkled seaweed on theirs and fried shallots and chili and it was it was bloody delicious chili for oscar yeah oscar loves chili wild yeah yeah he's just like his dad and i have to be so careful like to not get those those fried shallots are my killer food i've mm. seen it firsthand mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make you sick oh, like yeah. <laughs> violently ill mm. and so i have to make sure i like wash my hands and stuff like that i'm a good wife and mum to even have it in my house ash and georgia and i went to an Ange mcmahon concert and it was the first time i'd ever hung out with georgia <laughs> and we went to a sushi train beforehand and they'd accidentally put these fried shallots on my food and georgia sent it back for me to them. <laughs> In Georgia way. But then when it came out back out, I think they had just taken them off. So it had like soaked through this broth. Mm. And then we like get to the concert and we're okay. And we're like, what, 20 minutes in? Yeah. And I got so violently ill. Like, but I was pregnant yeah, with she Pipsa. Was I was stoked. <laughs> she like, was like, yes, I can leave. <laughs> I've seen two songs. Sweet. Let's get let's out of go. here. I'm tired. Yeah, I was like projectile vomiting. And Georgia had to drive, this poor girl, the first time we've ever hung out, had to drive my car home and we had to stop at every like McDonald's and Servo on the way home so I could throw up. So that was my first time hanging out with Georgia. Georgia was probably like, this bitch is real dramatic. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> but I mean, it's is she putting it on? <laughs> no. I thought I was going to die. But anyway, yeah, so that was that. So, the reason that I really wanted to get Ash on the podcast and the main aim for the app today is to inspire our listeners in a really relatable way. I wanted to get Ash on here because despite being a mom of two little girls with all the stresses that go along with that, she constantly shows up for herself in a way that I don't always see. It is not my intention to plug my coaching in this app or any for that matter. So I'm not going to talk about what we do together, but I do want her to talk about how she shows up for herself and how and why she makes that a priority in the chaos of family life. So Ash, let's just briefly run through the timeline of your journey, for lack of a better word. Uh, When did you have your first daughter, Pip? Can I just say I'm blushing with all the nice things you said (laughs) about me. (laughs) Thanks, girls. Um, I feel like I've got a big head. So I had Pip in 2020. We fell pregnant. She was a big surprise. (laughs) So when I fell pregnant with Pip, I was very much, you know, grinding it out, (laughs) pretty much working, exercising, partying, 
which made me all happy and watching what I was eating sort of thing. But I didn't have any structure to like my eating or anything. I was just maintaining a weight that I worked really hard for like really hard for. So when I felt pregnant, I instantly stressed at the thought of gaining weight with my pregnancy, um, which I did. Um, I think a lot of people would be able to relate to that, especially mm. with the surprise pregnancy, I guess. Yeah. And people probably don't say this out loud and I don't have kids, so just remember that, but they probably do want to fall pregnant from their fittest self Mm. so that when they are trying to get back into the health and fitness, they're not starting from a place where they felt like they had to lose weight beforehand. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it is a bit of a shock, you know, when you're 24, was I 24? You were 24. Yeah, yeah. I was 24, you know, doing my thing, happy with my weight, extremely confident. And then to fall pregnant, yeah, you know, rocked our world a bit. So I struggled pretty hard through that pregnancy with the weight gain. Then we had Pip. We were stuck in COVID and I sort of felt a bit like, how do I get back into my fitness and everything? And, you know, I've known Tegan for a while and she'd come over and do some PT sessions with me. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Pip would watch. I'd run up and down those stairs (laughs) and I definitely started to feel like I was gaining, you know, some more confidence back with my fitness. I think a lot of women would be able to relate to how you were feeling after having your first baby and just having those body image issues in that Mm. your body has changed so much Mm. and you do have appreciation for everything that it's done. However, everything is very different. Yeah, especially... When you're sort of locked up at home with a baby, you have a lot of time to think. Yeah. yeah. Um, it Once I started, because I went to F45, um, once I started going there, Pip was being, you know, it was in the child minding. That was wonderful. Um, but I did, it did take me a bit. Probably wasn't until I started running that, thanks to Teague's yeah. and her run club, that I really started to be like, oh, okay, this is I feel like this is my form of exercise that as a mum going to make me feel better. I needed something that I could do in my own time that wasn't going to, like I didn't have to book into anything and I'm still doing that now. Like it's the thought of having to like show up to a class stresses me out a bit. Oh, yeah. Life's Kids are so hectic. <laughs> and I hate putting the pressure on Pip especially to like get out the door, mum's got to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that puts us all out of whack. When I do that. So, yeah, finding running really helped. And that is the good thing about running. You can do it anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. when you're on holidays, around kids' schedules, mm. when your partner gets home at night, or running or walking, like just getting out When your out partner there. gets home at night, you can run real quick. <laughs> That's why I'd be like, if I'm going for a night run, I go real quick because yeah. I'm a bit nervous running at night. Because you're terrified. Yeah, <laughs> you pretty much. Back home. Yeah, like, hurry up. <laughs> one AirPod in just to make sure you can hear if Always someone's following just one. you. Even in the day, I've only got one in. Just like, got to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I'm adding that into our feminism episode. Let's talk about where you were kind of before you had your second daughter. Mm -hmm. So at the end of your, well, not the end, our journeys are always ongoing, but Mm -hmm. you kind of had reached your goals before you fell pregnant a second time, right? Let's talk about that. Yes, yes, definitely. I was in a really good place when I decided to go round two and have Daisy. With the help of Fitty Teagues, I had a really healthy relationship with my nutrition and my scale weight, my exercise. I remember really distinctly being at your house and we'd had a lot of conversations because I had had 
Soul, mm-hmm. and we were having a lot of conversations about you really wanting to have a second baby, but you had just gotten to that point with Tegan where you were really happy mm-hmm. and you were really not nervous, but that was something that was weighing on your mind was having a second baby, would you be able to get back to the point that you were at? And then I think it was a few weeks later and you'd spoken to Tegan and you were like, no, I feel really confident now. If I a complete 360. Yeah. You were like, if I work with Tegan throughout my pregnancy and afterwards, I feel really confident. So one thing that we wanted to do an episode on soon is that it's totally okay to have weight loss goals. And we have up until this point talked a lot about your weight loss journey. I know that you've always had a weight loss goal, but I know that it's for more important reasons than just how you look. Can you talk to us a little bit about your why? Like why do you, why is it important to you that you want to be fit and healthy beyond how you look? Yep. So definitely isn't just a weight loss goal. It's to be healthy. It's to be able to run after my kids and it not be an issue. It's to, you know, feel confident looking in the mirror and my babies see that, um, something I'm really proud of myself is my first daughter, Pippa, is so accustomed to me exercising to feel good and me needing a minute to myself. I literally use what Louie's mum says <laughs> in an episode, like give mummy 20 minutes kind of thing. And that's when I go and exercise and she'll come in and she'll say, mummy, you're doing good. You're doing good. And then she'll try and do it with me. And that's really important to like make it normal, you know, in our house. Yeah, totally. And we had Emma, which I think you've met Emma before on the last episode, and we were talking about how to model behaviours to our kids so that movement does just become something that's normal. It's not something we need to do to lose weight. And it sounds like you're doing a really good job of modelling that to the girls. And I know that that's really important to you Mm -hmm. that exercise is just something that we do. It's a normal part of our life and Mm -hmm. it's not something that we do to change the way we look. Yeah. And I've hundred percent said to Pip multiple times, I'm doing this to make myself feel good. Mummy's happy when she does this. Mummy's a better mum. Mummy's a better friend. (laughs) Mummy's a better partner. All those things. Yeah. And that's kind of the crux of what we wanted to get into with this episode is that self-care isn't having a bubble bath Mm -mm. or putting on a face mask. Mm. Self-care is showing up for yourself, eating well, moving, taking the time out Mm -hmm. so that you can care for you and then in turn you can show up better for everybody around you. And I think that you just do that so well and you make that a priority and that is why you are such a patient mother that is why you still have a lot of time for your friends so talking about how you're able to really prioritize working out and you do say to pip mummy's going to go to this for 20 minutes and you know you do still have time for your friends and you go and do fun things like you just went to Adelaide for the weekend and stuff and something that you're definitely better at than me and I'm always in awe of you is doing things for yourself and you've really maintained your identity throughout having the kids. It's something I look at you doing and I'm like, oh, my God, how does she do that so well? And it Just, just got to do it. You just got to do it. <laughs> is that your tip? Do you, your tip for me? Are you tip for mums like me, knowing mm-hmm. me? Like mm-hmm. we have a birthday party yep. coming up for a few of our friends mm. that is planned unfortunately on soul's second birthday yep. and as much as you're like and other people are like oh we'll just go after he falls asleep like he won't even know i'm like oh my god i can't mm. i'm really struggling 
even though I know he'll be asleep yeah. and I really want to go because it'd be so fun yeah. and I love everyone who's just got to hash it out with Kev. Like I hash it out with Josh. I'm like, these are my concerns and he puts my mind at ease. We're very lucky to have that open, you know, relationship with the father of our children. I'm sure if you just put your worries out there. Yeah. He will say, go, yeah. stop it, get out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you think that that is a big tip to really communicate with your partner Absolutely. when you have social things on and make that a priority? Yeah. Because I think it is probably easy for mums to go, no, I can't go because I've got kids. Yeah, absolutely. Or just exercise with your kids, Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's I, like a fun game. It really is like a fun game. Even Daisy looks at me and she must think I'm dancing. <laughs> like, what's mummy doing? It's pretty funny. That's so cute. And so, yeah, you do just work around the kids with your exercises and stuff. Yeah. You're not rigid. You're not like... I can't go to the gym today, so I'm not going to do any exercise. Yeah. You're like, what oh, can and I it's do at taken home? a little bit to like get my head around that I don't get to do what I did and put the effort in that I had pre kids. Well, I don't have the energy, number one. Like, I'm tired as well. So I'm literally just doing what I can to make myself you know, feel good. And and I think you've also pivoted in the type of movement that you're doing. Like you were saying before, you, you are running as well, but you also utilize at home Pilates mm-hmm. and at home, like a little weight session. So yeah. it's about changing how that looks. And that doesn't look like going to the gym or going for a run for two hours. No. It just looks like picking up the little bits and pieces where you can, right? Yeah. And you definitely have to not put as much pressure on yourself and not compare yourself to other people, especially who aren't mums. Like, you know, you can wish that you were sort of doing something that other people were doing, but I had just have to have those conversations with myself and say, this isn't where I'm at. I've got babies and I'm doing great. Which, yeah, it's probably really hard for, like, obviously you and Fraz, our other friends, started Mm -hmm. running at the same time. Yeah. We did our first, I prepped you guys for your first half marathon Mm -hmm. and we all run it together. And then you decided to have another baby and then Fraz and I went and ran the marathon. So, like, I'm sure that you were like, oh, I wish I could do that. Absolutely, because I literally said to myself before I fell pregnant with Daisy, do I want to have a baby now or do I want to run a marathon (laughs) next year? And I had to be like. I think I spoke to Julia actually at Run Club. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, have the baby. (laughs) I did start the half marathon training though before I knew that I was pregnant and I just know if it had taken six, seven months to fall pregnant, I probably would have still done that. So I was just like, have to just have the baby. (laughs) I think it would be really funny to do a poll of my friends who have made the decision of being, do I have a baby or do I run a marathon? Because I think there'd be a few that would be like, oh, yeah, that was what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your nutrition Mm -hmm. because I coach you on nutrition and you track calories and you flexible diet, which Mm -hmm. means that, you know, you get to choose what you're eating, but you know the appropriate portions. You are very, very consistent with your nutrition. And I know that even if your kids are sick or if things come up, you make that a non-negotiable. So can you talk about why that's so important to you and how you do that? I feel like it's so important to me, especially round two, coaching and losing weight um, after having Daisy, because it's something that I can feel completely in control of with sickness, even when I'm sick and we get sick a lot. You know, I can't always exercise. I can't leave the kids, but I can control my nutrition. So I think that's why I am so 
focused and motivated because I'm getting really good results with that. Yeah, I think that that's so important. Like I see a lot of people that something happens, there's this minor roadblock and they use that as an excuse to throw in the towel. Mm. And they're like, oh, this happened though. I had to eat off the plan for three or four days. And Mm. it's kind of just an excuse. But like you said, you are, and I'm not saying that those times aren't hard, like they are really, really hard, but by saying, you know what, this is what I do have control of. This is what, this is how I can take care of myself. Yeah. Amongst all the uh, the chaos. (laughs) Yeah. And the germs. Yeah. And that's the thing when we're sick or when our kids are sick, ours being yours, not mine. (laughs) The most important thing we could do is take care of ourselves. Mm. And most people just go in the opposite direction and the quality of their nutrition goes straight out the window and then they get sick and then Mm. they can't get better. And I think I struggle because obviously has been times where I've you know needed a break or if like tracking has been too much this is before second pregnancy and even after just got to be honest with you and say look I can't quite manage doing this and you're like jump off like you do you look after yourself come back you know when you're ready but I feel like I don't necessarily do that much because I don't feel good dropping off and trying to get back. Like my motivation at the moment is just ongoing because I, you know, have a goal in mind and yeah, well, what you have is not even motivation. It's discipline yeah. and it's routine mm. and you just do it whether you feel like it or not yeah. because you know now that you feel your best mm. when you're prioritising that and you've got mm. that lived experience of that this is what I can control, this mm-hmm. makes me feel good, this means I can show up better as a parent. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you, you know, that's a real credit to you and you should be really proud of that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big head again. <laughs> Can I just ask if, you know, Ash did fall off the wagon, like is it easy to get back into it? Well, yeah, yeah, 100% because even though Ash might fall off the wagon in that she's maybe not tracking or she's not, she's having a little bit of takeaway, she has two years under her belt. Yeah, I was going to say I feel like. I can go out for dinner and generally like scope out the menu and know what I can eat, what I'll feel good eating. So even when she's not on the plan, she's making good decisions because Mm. she has that knowledge and that education about what her body needs and how to feel her best. It's kind of more like we're releasing the mental load Mm. of having to have really specific goals, but Mm. the decision-making becomes somewhat autopilot now. Yeah, and like end goal is always to not have to, you know, track every single bit of food. That's our end goal. Mm -hmm. Don't know when the end goal is (laughs) just yet. I'm enjoying the process, but, yeah, I feel very knowledgeable and feel like I can also help and share with the people around me if they were, you know, curious. And that's probably a good segue to how I like to explain tracking calories to people. And we haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast yet because tracking calories does get a bit of a bad rap that it is uh, restrictive where Mm. in actual fact, as you know, it's an abundance mindset. Mm. We look at, well, where do we need to add in protein? Where do Mm. we need to add in fruit and veggies? And, And we have touched on that sort of abundance mindset before. But how I explain tracking to new clients is that it is a lifetime education on nutrition. Mm-hmm. And what an important thing to learn, especially for someone that does have kids, mm-hmm. you're learning what's in the food you're eating. You're learning what your body requires for optimal function. So 
like you said, the end goal is to have that education and to walk away and not need to use the tool, Mm. which is tracking. And we, you know, we study for to enhance our career. We study for all these things. Why not study in inverted commas nutrition to improve your life and to pass that on to your children? Even people with chronic illnesses like Alex, though, like she knows, you know, what she can have and what she can't have and what's going to make her feel good. And like, why should it be any different when you can eat everything else, you know? Yeah, Mm. that's so true. That's a good Mm -hmm. way to think of it. So really, like essentially your goal, what you're working towards together, your goal is more of a mindset change and a lifestyle change absolutely and and furthering your education around food so rather than just current goals it's more of a lifetime goal right yeah 100 percent. that's that's kind of my approach with all of my clients and you know we have just touched on this but it is completely okay to want to lose weight like Mm. it is so okay to want to change your body composition yeah My clients understand that their body weight and how they look is the least interesting thing about them, but Mm. that it's okay to want to change it. Or if we're struggling as well with that, just having someone to speak to openly about that and to, you know. Yeah, with no no judgment. She just wants you to feel good. Exactly. And, you know, it's really helpful to have someone on your side reminding you that it's not, you know, the be all end all, the scale weight. Once upon a time did have an unhealthy relationship with the scales, but I feel like that's one of the greatest things I've gotten out of coaching is to use it as a tool and not let it define my whole journey based on one, you know, one day. (laughs) And I think that that's the thing like people think about their health journey as being weight loss and how they look but it's such a holistic approach like we're talking about mindset how you feel about yourself how you show up how Mm -hmm. you handle stress you know your relationships like it's it's really kind of the whole package So as a little bit of a feel-good segment from time to time, we thought we'd talk about how we're working on bettering ourselves at the moment or the self-development work that we are doing. So would you like to kick us off, Alex? Yeah, I'll kick us off. So this was a bit tricky because I feel like I'm working on myself a lot at the moment and a big part of it is doing this podcast and interviewing people like Emma and just, you know, listening to you and everything. But one of the things that I'm actually making progress with is stopping myself from overthinking. So I'm a big overthinker and a lot of that is to do with like mental health issues and stuff like that. So I think some of the credit goes to um, medication, which we can get to in a later episode. But I am consciously trying really hard to stop overthinking things. I literally, I've tried so many things in the past, but now I'm just going, stop it. So I'm like really strict with myself. So as soon as like I'll like allow myself to think about it for like a minute and then I'm like, all right, stop now. I'll overthink everything. Like I've got a stain on my tights on the way here. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, I want to go home and get changed. Do Cotton On still sell these tights? Am I going to be able to get this out? And then I get to the point where I'm like, all right, stop. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so then I I know that there's lots of other techniques out there that work for people, but I'm just really strict with myself now. And then generally it's been working really well. Yeah. So when Emma was talking about like two sort of techniques that you could use to um, change your mindset, the one being to change a thought pattern and the one to just be acknowledging the thought for what it is, were you pulled to one or the other? Yeah, I was actually. So 
I have tried the first option in the past, but because I do find it so hard to switch off my brain, it was really interesting hearing her talk about like, it's okay to have these thoughts and just take them along for the ride and sit with them. And I think one of the big ones for me is anxiety. And I think after last week's episode, I kind of told you a little bit about this, but I've, you know, dealt with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and stuff like that to the point where sometimes if I have a really healthy like level of anxiety, if it's something that I'm excited about, like starting our podcast, I'll start to panic about it. And Kev's like, it's normal to feel a little bit of anxiety. Like, yeah, there's definitely extremes like I experience, but a, a normal level of anxiety is there to protect you. It like goes back to the caveman days. And so I'm like, okay, so now with that and with what Emma said, okay, there's like a little bit of normal anxiety. So I'm just going to take this and like accept it and then let it come with me Yeah, for the ride. So I did get a lot of, out of that. Yeah. And the reason that I asked is because I was wondering if you would fall more into that camp because like I definitely fall into the first camp and like even what you were saying then, like I had heard once that like um, anxiety and excitement is the same energy. Yeah. And I can like reprogram my brain to be like, oh, I'm just excited. Oh, so that's so interesting because I've heard that as well. And I think I heard it on a podcast and I've been told it too. And I've tried so hard to do that. Obviously it works for some people and it doesn't work for others because I'll be anxious and I'm like, I'm just excited. This is so exciting, Alex. Get excited. And the next minute I can't breathe. <laughs> but Yeah, fair. Yeah. And I know that it's not as simple as that, but I'm I think that I am very able to change my thoughts. Yeah. And I talk about catch and change uh with my clients or like when you're having a negative thought, say about your body to change it. And it's not always like um, practical to change it to a positive thought. Like you were saying just then, you can't just be like, I'm anxious. No, I'm excited. (laughs) Or it couldn't be just like, oh, I don't like my arms. I love my arms. That's even not believable to myself. So it might be like just changing it to a neutral. So it's like catching, I don't like my arms. My arms are strong. They allow me to do this. And it's just like a neutral thought. And I'm very susceptible to be able to change my thought pattern, which is probably really a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that is really good. And I definitely have tried to be more like that. And I think maybe with the overthinking thing, I am trying to stop that rather than taking that along for the ride because it's exhausting. So I am trying to catch it, as you said, and just be like, just put a stop to it. I got a lot out of what Emma said about the noticing the thought. Like that was really important for me to understand that not everybody's like me. It's not as simple for some people as being like, well, just change your thought pattern and give yourself more evidence. Sometimes it is, no, like we need to sit with this and and get on with it with this. So that I found that really. Yeah. We've just gone into another recap. (laughs) I found it really interesting as well. Yeah. It was good. And um, can you tell me, I think I can, I can see what you're doing to work on yourself here in your office, but do you want to go into what it is? Yes. So I did share a little bit about this on my Instagram, but I have literally set myself up an adult sticker chart uh, to keep me back on track with some really positive habits. So I know that Kev is reading Atomic Habits at the moment, he is. which we recommended it. in a previous episode. In Atomic Habits, he talks about habit streaks and building habit streaks and visually being able to see that 
as being really helpful. Um, so I've set myself up something similar where I've set out the days until our holiday. I set six habits that I want to work on and a saving system as well. Yeah. And if you want to see it in detail, you can go to my Instagram and find it. But yeah, I've literally just set myself up an adult sticker chart to work on six habits that really make me feel my best. So that's where I'm going with my self-development at the moment. That's really cool. And I think it's good to allow yourself some rewards when you're an adult. I think that we do think of that as like a real kid thing, but like positive reinforcement. I use that with my kids and like, why not use that with yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like, I find that I need a creative saving method as well. Like I was saying that I did $2 for every K that I ran. And then this is, you know, you're just transferring different amounts every day. And I find when I'm doing it in a creative way, I'm more enticed to want to see that money build and to not touch it versus when you're like, I'll just transfer a hundred dollars every week. I'm like, I might just take back 50. Yeah. Yeah. Not as um, motivated by just set amounts. I need to make it creative. (laughs) Make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you doing that the other day on Instagram actually. And I was like, I need to do something like that. Like I did think when I bought my coffee machine that I would save myself a lot of money because I used to buy coffee twice a day. But for you, it's not about the coffee. No. It's about the social aspect of going to the cafe. Yes. I could have told you that. Yeah, you could have told me that. So um, I do, though, because having three kids, it is really annoying to put them all in the car and then get them all out of the car just for a coffee, like if I'm not meeting anyone. Yeah. So I have been saving money like three days a week. I don't buy a coffee unless I'm meeting someone for a social thing. But I haven't really saved the money. But I think after I saw your thing, if I have an account and every time yeah, you would have bought a coffee, put it in. you know what you could do? Because you're swimming now, you could yes. put a dollar for every lap you swim. That's a good idea. Yeah. I could put it towards that ridiculous jacket that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because you earned that through your movement. Yes. Love that. Oh, I'm going to do that. Do it. Thank you. So as you guys will have learned by now, Tegan and I are still getting to know each other and we have a lot of similarities, but we have a lot of differences. And one of the biggest ones is that Tegan's not into pop culture or TV, um, the things that I'm really big on. And I am still new to the world of PT and nutrition and fitness. So we thought it would be really fun to do a little segment where we quiz each other. So we've prepped something for each other and obviously we haven't heard it. So so yeah, we thought we'd pick a word and we would or a phrase and we would quiz the other person. They have to say what they think it means mm-hmm. and then we'll explain its real meaning or what it is. Yeah. I don't know where you're going to go with this. This is going to be really rogue. I think the term that I have picked is pretty easy and you might know it from your supplement days. Oh, okay. I don't think you'll know mine at all. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Mine is hypertrophy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what it is? I know. It sounds like a made up word. It's a real word. Hypertrophy. 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 Okay. I'm thinking all the words it could be made up of. Atrophy. Does it something to stop your muscles from atrophying? (laughs) Is that it? You're on the right track. Ooh. You're on the right track. Okay. So atrophy yep. is the opposite of hypertrophy. Okay. Oh, look at me. I'm on the right track. Yeah. Right. So what is hypertrophy? <laughs> it's muscle gain. Muscle gain. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the process of gaining muscle mass. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah, you were totally on the tr- right track. So when our muscles atrophy, 
we lose muscle mass. And yeah. when our muscles hypertrophy, we gain muscle mass. Oh. So you might hear that term um, quite often. People will talk about it in like lifting weights. So yeah. they might be training for strength or they might be training for hypertrophy. And people kind of confuse them and think that they're the same thing, but you could be getting stronger without gaining muscle mass yeah. or you could be gaining muscle mass without necessarily getting stronger. Oh. It's a two, it's two different ways to weight train. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Do you know where my like breaking down words and shit come from to work out what it is? Uh, jeopardy. <laughs> Oh, and also being a writer and stuff like that, I come across words that I've not heard of. But yeah, on Jeopardy, there's always like little segments where it'll be like a word. Can we make a Jeopardy segment? Oh my God, I would love that. Yeah, we'll put that in the works. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So mine for you, in reference to pop culture, does the term salad dressing gate mean anything to you? Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) I understand the gate part. (laughs) Yeah. Salad dressing gate. No. No. It's going to be some sort of housewife's argument over the wrong salad dressing. No, no. Good guess. Or it's some sort of weird sex thing. Mm, No. Closer? It's to do with relationships. Salad dressing gate. No. Do you want to have one more go? Yep. Somebody knew that their partner cheated on them because they smelt a different salad dressing to the one that they usually have at home. All right, that is so close. Get out of town. Yeah, it's not it, but it's close. All right, do you know who Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis are? Absolutely fucking really? not. Really? Okay, Olivia Wilde, did you ever watch House? Yes. Okay, so she was on House for a while. She's, like, stunning she was also on, uh, like, the OC for a little bit. Never seen the OC. What? I know people Bullshit. really blow up about that. I thought for sure that would be one of the things we had in common that you'd watched the nah. OC. People <gasps> get really angry when I say that. Tegan. And I'm not going to do it now. Don't do it now. You Nah, it's past. I've cycled through so many friends that are like, we're going to strap you to a chair, you're going to nah, watch it. there's and no like, point because, like, when you watch it when you're a teenager, it means so much to you. That's how I feel when people say they never watched The Simpsons. What? I've never met anyone that's never watched The Simpsons. Rats never watched The Simpsons. What the fuck? I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was little, but at friends' houses and stuff I would watch it. So and- when I say Simpsons jokes, he thinks that they're original. <laughs> what? Yeah, like he thinks I'm really funny. That is so good. Like, We're having imagination Christmas this year. <laughs> My favourite Simpsons scene ever is where they're like throwing around their arms and legs and they're like, I'm just going to walk like this. Do and you if know, I have you seen to my tattoo? Me, Oh, yes. My brother and I have that as a tattoo. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that. I just yeah. knew you had a Simpsons tattoo. So if tattoo. I stand next to him, it's Lisa kicking. And oh my if he God. stands next to me, it's Bart swinging his arms because That's that is so literally like good. our relationship to a team. <laughs> That's so good. Even as adults. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm sure you know Jason Stakers. He's Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso? No. Um, you have to watch that. You would love it. I'm not going to. No, no. It's all about what you're about. Okay. Yeah, it's very much you. I'm going to make you watch that. He's a coach, a soccer coach. Anyway, we're not going to go into that last, so you have to watch it. Anyway, Jason Sudeikis, super, super famous actor. Where the Millers, horrible bosses. None of this is true. Have you seen, please tell me you've seen Where the Millers. Uh, Is that where they go on a bus? They go on like a camper van to retrieve some drugs. Yeah, I have seen that. I watched it on a plane. I didn't really watch it properly. Okay, please watch it again. It's like our family movie because... It's like my mum, very randomly, it's her favourite movie. And she, 
she'll literally be like, have you heard of this movie called Where the Millers? And it's like one of the biggest movies ever. So we pay her out a lot. And oh, we, that's so funny. Um, okay. So Jason Stakers, I can't believe you don't know who he is. He had a big glob and he's like he super attractive now. So they were together for nine years. They've got two kids together. They went through this super messy breakup that kind of played out in the background to her film that she was directing called Don't Worry Darling. You heard of that? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could go into so much detail breaking down like every level of this, but we're not going to do that. Give us the cliff notes. I'm giving you the You're going to lose me. I am. I am. Okay. So Olivia Wilde, like it got so messy to the point where like Olivia Wilde was on stage at Cinecon and- What's Cinecon? Cinemacon. It's like um, one of the big film festivals. So she was on stage there and Jason Sudeikis literally had, had custody papers delivered to her like she was served on stage oh that's like, wild wild it got that messy that's so fun yes it was i mean not for her <laughs> not for her at all um but it was it was super messy that's like something out of a movie yeah yeah that doesn't happen in real life no it doesn't it doesn't it was it was very intense and our mutual friend meg her and i were just living when i say living like we text pretty much all day about pop culture shit but we were just like living for every little part of this. And we've been dying ever since for a scandal this big. But it just, it went on and there was just so many layers to it. Anyway, the salad dressing part. So Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde, they're together for nine years. She starts filming this film, which stars Harry Styles. Do you know who he is? I know who Harry Styles is. Okay. okay. So Harry Styles and Olivia, there's all these rumours that they're hooking up. Also, he's she's young. No. Not as young not, as Harry Styles. No, no, no. She's like in her 40s. Oh. Yes. So there's all these rumours they're hooking up and then kind of like in the midst of all of this happening, a nanny that they had fired came out and said that one day she came home to Jason Sudeikis so drunk and miserable and he was just crying and saying to her that Olivia Wilde made a salad with the salad dressing, this special salad dressing that she'd made for him, and she's taken it to Harry Styles and she's left them. And that's her leaving him through this salad and the salad dressing. Because she took the salad dressing. She took this, she made the salad dressing for Harry Styles and she left him and the kids. And that was her gone. Anyway, of course they came out and denied that that had happened, but it just became this huge thing in pop culture. Like people were trying to work out what the salad dressing was. People were like, is yeah, it a ranch? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Is I want to know what the salad dressing was. <laughs> yep. And yep. I was like, how did he know? Like did Harry post a picture of a salad? Yeah, I don't even know. I think he like, I don't know if he saw her. I don't know. I'm not sure how Or did it he happened. just go to the cupboard and there was no salad, <laughs> salad dressing, dressing there anymore? Gone. And Harry looks like a guy that eats salads. He totally does. Yes. But um Oh yeah, I need to know what the dressing is. That's the takeaway from this story because that's obviously really fucking good. Do we know? Well, yeah, okay. So there was a lot of like deep dives into this, right? And then a few weeks, months later, Olivia Wilde posted a really cryptic photo of Nora Ephron's Heartburn. Do you know that book? Is she related to Zaka? <laughs> She's not. No, no, no. Um, but anyway, it's, so she has this amazing book called Heartburn and it's about divorce and there's this part in the book where she teaches her husband who she's about to leave how to make this salad dressing. So Olivia Wilde has taken a photo of this page and posted it on her Instagram. So people kind of came to think that that might be what it is and it's just a really basic like red wine vinaigrette. 
face <sighs> dressing. It's nothing even that exciting. And then uh, the like internet sleuths went back and watched all these interviews with her and apparently like a few years earlier she had made this dressing on TV. So that's <sighs> what people think the dressing is. Oh, okay. No, yeah. Well, cool. I was close. Yeah, Weirdly you were close. close. You were close. Yep. yep. The most pop culture breakup thing that I've only gotten into is the Miley Cyrus thing with the the gold dress. Yeah, and like the pool and apparently it was his jacket and yeah. I mean, I, I think I was hungover. <laughs> Deep dive. And I went on TikTok for a bit and it was all over TikTok and I was like, slay queen. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the kind of shit that, that I live for and I'm so glad that I found my little kindred spirit in Meg because she cares about all of it as much as I do. Yeah, you need those sort of niche friends. Yeah, yeah. Love you, Meg. Yeah, we love her. She's the best. All right, so I have scripted another outro, so it's probably going to be great this week. <laughs> yes, like our outros. I think that they're cute. <laughs> Me too. The outros where the wheels come off and we just run wild. <laughs> the wheels always come off towards the end. All right, thanks again for tuning in and listening to the Bread and Better podcast. We are so grateful to be building a solid base of listeners and we appreciate every one of you. I told you it was a good script. That is good. That's very nice. We would love to continue to grow the pod, so please support us in any way you can. It's helpful when you share the pod with those you think may enjoy it. Leave us a rating, a review, or share it on your Instagram stories. We look forward to bringing you more conversations that are meaningful and helpful. If you have any ideas you would like us to discuss, please send them through to us via Instagram Messenger. Now the cute sign-off goes here. (laughs) That's it, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by... Hey Al Productions.